But tell me, just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Welcome to another shit show on the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Dirty and Tank. Here we are. Hey, brother, you got your uh, motorcycle riding hat on. It's because I'm out riding motorcycles. Riding motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah, motorcycle riding time. Yeah, weather permitting. Weather permitting. Oh, I got to keep my shirt down. I don't know. I got to make the sensors here. Yeah. Yeah. Our last video got, we're we're now, uh, what was it, explicit content? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, somebody, Somebody apparently is doing a fuck census. We're counting how many times I say fuck. Oh, well, there's there, <laughs> there's two right there. We should put a little meter. Maybe I'll put a little meter up on there every time. You I, think know. That was three, I think that was three fucks. This would be number four. That was number four, yeah. <laughs> How many are you allowed? I, I don't know. I didn't even know it was a thing. I thought we were doing the Biker's Lifestyle podcast, not the Christian fundamentalist podcast with dear, your host. Dear God, how many F-bombs do you think are on Joe Rogan's show? A lot. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's also sponsored by DMT. Oh, that's Ivan Mushrooms. But yeah. <laughs> family programming. I love fucking shit out of the Joe Rogan podcast because, uh, you know, it's interesting shit. You know, he's got like every walk of life a human being on there. So yeah, I see recently YouTube dumped about 50 of his episodes. So no, it was Spotify. No, Spotify. Right, right. Spotify. Yeah, they, they got rid of some of the contract. You got to understand. I mean, one, Spotify, I didn't know this, is a Swedish company. Oh, wow. I had no idea. And uh, I guess the people that work at Spotify in America are kind of normal woke techies. Uh-huh. So they aren't super pumped about the Rogan. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure they're fucking with them. And But you know what? You give me $100 million fucking dollars, you can cut whatever fucking episodes you want out ain't of our that fucking the fucking, library. Ain't that the truth, man? Yeah. You, yeah. In fact, you give me half of that. <laughs> you, give me, you give me one, well, a tenth. And yeah, go ahead. Delete all that shit. I don't give a fuck. Right. Right. I, like water off a duck's back lately, man. I mean, you know, I just uh, try to stay positive. That's all, you know. Good luck. Because, well, there's no sense being negative, brother. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's all you can do is be positive. That's the only, thing, the only thing you can do, man. I mean, look, I mean, you know, that's why we got into motorcycles to begin with, to have a good time. You know, we didn't buy a motorcycle because we absolutely had to. It's like, oh, I got to get my ass to work. What am I going to get? Oh, I guess I'll oh. a motorcycle, you know? Uh, oh, shit. What happened? This is Florida. That's the nightly purge signal mile. We have it every night. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I mean, Trump lives here, you know, so. We got Trump, we got Ron DeSantis. I mean, the Florida's badass state, brother. Badass state. You got, you know, the Florida man. A lot of armed people down here. So we we purge nightly for about about only about twenty minutes, but but uh, you know we do purge. What's funny is the tornado sirens were going off when I left my house. Oh no shit! <laughs> yeah, and that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, shit, are we doing the purge? Did nobody <laughs> told me we were doing purge today. Right, right, right. I know. I did not. I did not get the memo on that. I'm, I'm on wearing the, the wrong outfit. I'm on the e-blast. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> I'm doing the, I'm a, the wrong fucking outfit to do the purge right now. Yeah, but uh, my bunny hat. <laughs> I don't have on a tutu. Yeah, I know. I have to assemble the guillotine. I mean, Jesus, a lot, a lot to do. A lot to do, brother. There's a lot of shit going on. So what kind of what kind of food do you serve? Purge. What kind of food do you serve at the purge too? I, I would imagine some sort of like on-the-go type food, like a walking taco. Probably, yeah, probably. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of like maybe like a like a fucking like an egg roll. <laughs> an egg roll. <laughs> well, I mean, because you're on the go, you're purging, you're purging, you kill, 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 purge, purge, purge. Well, I could sit down and have a meal. You know, I'm, think, I'm thinking raisins are good. You know, some some beef jerky. 
Because, oh, so you're I mean, going? Oh, you're going for substance. Well, I mean, you got to have your protein. You got to have your power. Like you said, you're on the ghost. You can grab oh, and go. I get, I get it. You know, you can I mean, eat them all with one hand. Keep one finger on the trigger. One finger on the trigger. Right. Well, that's yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking tactically. You're right. Yeah, like power bars this would is, probably be a good one. This is the purge. This is the purge, brother. We we got to be. No, I mean, yeah, you got to so. stay hydrated too. So and uh, and you know, and God only knows. I mean, now next week at this time, I'll be on the road, so we won't be doing the podcast. No, this is the last podcast that we're ever going to do until you get back. Yeah, right, right. It's our of the Zoom experiment of 20, 2020 and twenty twenty one. Fuck, I hate these Zoom things. I really do. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they make it easier to produce. I know that they are. But uh, yeah, I mean, fucking, we might have to make a mad dash for all I know. God only knows what the hell could happen. They could set up a dirty bomb for all we know in the in the middle of the journey. I mean, I'm going to be. <laughs> hanging my ass out to dry there for about 1,303 miles. So, you know, but I mean, I'll be doing half of that with my club brothers. So, you know, that's a good thing. And looks yeah. like it's going to be raining all over the place. It's going to be beautiful weather for riding motorcycles across the country. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I was telling you earlier before we started up the recording device there, uh, you know, the, it's amazing to me the the, the the universe, the utter perfection of the universe and how things happen. And most often, usually things happen for a reason. Now, you know, last night, right? You know, I mean, I hardly ever, you know, take a, a little a little cruise on the bike at night. Usually I'm kind of running around the house here. Yeah, I just have a little voice in my head. Yeah, you got the voice in your head, you know, there's usually two of them. It's like a good one. It was like an inner idiot, you know, but you, depending on which one you want to listen to, you know, the voice you in your head. You just got the two then? Okay. <laughs> But, no, it's cool. Yeah, I, I didn't know, but yeah. Either way, the voice goes off says, hey, man, why don't you uh, take a little ride? It's nice out tonight. Go smoke a cigar at your spot, watch the sunset. So I get on the scoot, you know, grab, grab a stogie, get on the scoot, get out there, watch the sunset, take a little picture, you know, do the whole friggin', uh, uh, what do they call that, the, uh, the thirst trap thing and put it out there on the Facebook machine for all to see. I made the little titles. It's so peaceful. And it was, man. It really was. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I smoked that sucker right way beyond the wrapper. Let me tell you, right beyond the band. Smoking it past the band. And uh, get back on the scoot. And I'm uh, going back up over over the the, the, the bridge there into Bradenton. The little boy says, ah, don't go your normal way home. Go don't, go 64 and go around the back way and, and, you know, cruise that way. So, you know, I get over there and I'm cruising along and I see two Bradenton cops. They're pulling it off the off of Anna Maria Island and they're like, three, four lanes over, you know, as so I get in the left turn lane, not even thinking about it. Green arrow is, is now turned red. So I go to, you know, stop the bike and put my foot down. First time in my fucking life, my, my pant leg caught on my gear shifter. And so I'm going to, I'm, I've got to, you know, going to put the, the stop the bike and suddenly I've got my foot stuck and I'm going over and so I dumped the bike right there in the intersection at nine o'clock at night with two Bradenton cops directly behind me. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they can get out and help me out. I put some splashers on and shit. And, you know, one's leaning in to see if I've been drinking. Well, good luck there. Cause uh, you know, it's over two years now since I had a drop of booze. So you get the bike back up again, you know, do we need an ambulance? And I'm like, yeah, um, cool story, bro. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the bike barely touched the ground, although my clutch lever is now fucking bent. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, so, you know, I said, take the turn. I'm cruising up 64 there, you know, and cops behind me and all of a sudden his lights go off. And I'm like, oh, what fucking fresh hell is this? So <laughs> he, he calls over the loudspeaker, pull into the next, the next parking lot available. Well, I'm on a one way. It's like this area of downtown Bradenton where it's like one way in either direction. So I'm just kind of locked in there. First parking lot that they had me pull over into is, of course, this municipal parking lot that's locked. And you have no choice but to go back out onto the one way to get out of there. So he pulls me over. He says, you know why I pulled you over? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> and he said, we ran your plate. And I said, okay. And he said, you know, your bike's not registered. And I'm like, mm, what do you mean it's registered? Like, I get the little... Sticker on the back says 22 and everything. I'm like, register, let me show you the registration. So I got the bike, open up and hand him the registration. He's about halfway over to the car. He comes back and he says, uh, that's not a Yamaha. This is a registration for a Yamaha. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, that's not the plate. And I'm like, what do you mean? 
It's that I got three bikes. I registered two of them last year. It's that I got a soft tail up north that's registered. It's that I've got the heart, the uh, the victory down here. So I brought the registration and the sticker down with me. I've been here since eight, since uh, October. And uh, he's like, well, I don't know, you know, whatever. He said, it ain't coming up on the machine. Your registration's not valid. It's for the V-Star. And I'm thinking, oh, Christ. Like, well, the old lady has had it a couple of times. She's got the V-Star and the Victory mixed up when she talks about it. Oh. So when she went online last year, she registered the V-Star thinking that it was the victory when she gave me the registration to put in our little safe to bring up to bring down here i didn't even bother to look at the registration i took the registration the sticker stuck the sticker on the bike put the registration in and then lo and behold here we are Bradenton cops so he's You're like out there he's like do you, do you have a way to get this bike home and i'm like well no i'm like the old lady works at midnight like you know <laughs> no you know i mean i, I could ride it home and he's a uh, well, well, you know, there's a weird, um, you know, you can't ride at home, <laughs> okay? <laughs> he said, "Do you have a way to get the bike home?" And I'm like, "Come on, you gotta cut, just cut me a break or something." He's like, "Well, hold on," he said. Uh, we we just get to talking for a second. He's like, "We well, said, well, I believe your story. Um, you're, uh, you, you know, you went right for the registration. Uh, you know, that, that it, I, you know, I believe that you, you honestly didn't know that this bike wasn't registered. Meanwhile, the other cop that's with him, because of course you got to have two, two cars, two cruisers, the whole deal nowadays. Yeah. He's asked me questions like, so you're from Beloit, Wisconsin. Oh yeah. How long you been here? What are the major cities that's near Beloit? I'm like, you know, almost ready to tell him who played first base for the fucking Chicago White Sox or something. I mean, it was like, you know, one of those type conversations. Does he know, does he know Beloit, Wisconsin? And I, he didn't know Beloit. He just wanted to see if I was going to stammer and if I didn't have the questions right off the bat. So, you know, I mean, because I've got, you know, club crap on, you know, my club hat and, you know, club t-shirt that I was wearing and everything. And so, uh, so finally, I'm like, come on, man. And he's like, well, tell you what he said. He said, let me ask you again. Do you have a way to get the bike home? And like almost nodding his head up and down, like, you know, and I said, yes, I do. Okay. He said, cause I'm not going to babysit you. He said, you're in a, in a private parking lot right here. He said, I'm not, you know, you're, there's no, you know, it's parked. He said, I'm not going to babysit. I'm going to wait around to see what you do. He said, but uh, just to let you know, if you get up, <laughs> if you get on the bike and you ride it now, you know, it's not registered. And then it becomes a criminal offense. All right, have a nice night, and off they go, <laughs> and proceed to sit about oh I don't know three four blocks over, like I can't see him. You know it's night. There's lights. I watched right. them, of course. So I sat in the bike and looked up on Google Maps, and I'm like, okay, we're on a one way area here. Got myself home. I said, all right, let me take the, <coughs> take the yellow the yellow bandana off, take the club hat off, make myself look completely unobtrusive as possible turn the t-shirt on inside out so it's just a black t-shirt <laughs> screw around to the back um away from the one-way area right up over a little bit of a of a dirt medium to get into the parking lot next so i can get onto the other road and then proceeded to take back roads home <laughs> but i'm like i have here i am 58 years old man a little bit of a thrill and dodging police after you know uh having a bad registration i'm like seems like old times back in massachusetts when i used to uh Attach plates and fake inspection stickers for people for profit and money. I think the statute of limitations is probably uh, more than on that one. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah, they but, can't. Uh, but yeah, I got to thinking about it at home, and I'm like, well, well, that fucking sucked. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you know what? Those cops did you a favor. They did me a favor because what would have happened, brother? I'm going to take that journey home. I'm in Allah fucking Bama or Georgia. Or Tennessee, yeah. and then I get pulled over and they run the plate, and I've got no registration on that thing. You think they're going to be as cool as the boy cop, I mean, the boy, the Bradenton cops? Probably not. So, what you're saying is that you got to register your bike before next weekend. Oh, it's already done. We did it online. Oh, well, there you go. Did it online, got the receipt. I already had the sticker. It's supposed to be on the V Star. So, of course, they're going to send the sticker to the Beloit house. I'll put that on the V Star because, uh, you know, it's already the, the stickers. I said, like, it's on the victory. Already said and done now, huh? All said and done. Yeah. Well, you're out there running around committing felonies. That's cool. Um, what? So, are these <laughs> the same cops that helped you pick the bike up? I picked the bike up myself. 
are these the same cops that saw you dump the bike? Yes. Oh, I see. And then, yeah. like, like after everybody was good to go, they were like, all right, have a good day. And then they were like, then they ran my plate. Like, wait a second. Then they ran my plate. And then they made it a point to tell me, you know, uh, just let you know, you know, because you, you, uh, you know, you, you dropped the bike, we had to run your plate. We didn't just, you know, do it. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's, it's like a magician telling me this is a perfectly normal deck of cards, you know, nothing to see here. You know, I mean, so now, I don't you know. Because you're a, you identify as a black woman. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Prob- that's probably what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, I, I appreciate your, your, uh, your choice to choose, but oh man, that's, you know, you know, you know what there's going to be, right? There's going to be one or two assholes in the fucking comments that are like, I would have fucking dropped the gear and disappeared. Fucking, why'd you even stop? kiss my ass oh yeah, yes. that's what's gonna happen right yeah of course and i don't care because yeah. like that's not what you do you know because in in my eye man i i i was doing nothing wrong i knew my registration was fine pull me yeah. over go ahead you know i'm not armed you know uh you know i've got there's no drugs on me i don't drink and drive i mean what, what are you gonna do you got nothing about, you don't have to lie to me but yeah, yeah i mean you know what it, you know if you think you're in the right you know yeah, kind of, kind of knew I was in the right, you know, except for that yeah. whole, you know, no registration thing. But, but you don't uh, think you're profile, do you? <laughs> but fuck, I've been riding thousands of miles around this state since friggin' beginning of October with no registration on that thing. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it happened one week before I'm going to go. So, you know, I'm kind of glad about it. You know, and it was a weird freak circumstance that happened. That caused me to dump bike to dump bike over, but if it never happened, I would have never known it wasn't registered no, until until it was bad. So I mean, you know, I mean, all cops are bastards, yeah, but you know, these guys at least they gave me a solid opportunity to to let them, you know, fuck me over pretty good. But I happened to know some back ways and didn't have to worry about that. Well, um, I'm glad that your privilege got you out of the ticket. Well, is that you know that you're and you're right. There's going to be the other comments too. It's because I'm white, right? It's going to be white, white privilege, you know? Yeah. No, it, who the fuck cares? You know, I mean, what people <laughs> say, I, I'm so, you know, we're doing this podcast, you know, trying to do biker stuff and, you know, you get all these, uh, people like to make the little comments oh, about how, yeah. you know, how the biker's lifestyle should be like, don't talk about like current events. Don't talk about like, what's going on in the world just talk about riding motorcycles and being free i'm gonna okay. talk about whatever the fuck i want to talk about <laughs> yeah. yeah because i'm just riding around motorcycles being free in an alternate universe where i don't have to deal with bullshit you know and i'm sure everybody else that rides a bike is in an alternate universe and doesn't have to deal with bullshit oh of course so, yeah because the rules yeah. don't apply to them physics don't apply either probably no no, <laughs> no. i live i live uh vicariously through people who live in alternate universes because apparently they exist on the internet yeah yeah but the what? internet the internet's a terrible place man i don't a know terrible place hey, so i got this i got a question okay help help me out here the californians invent the chopper it's a good question um i'm not quite sure about that actually you know i'm it's, not sure it, because because you know british the Brits been making motorcycles right along the Americans for a long time. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's kind of an untouched, we don't talk about a lot of it. I mean, we're so Americanized, I think, with our motorcycle world here, you know, uh, you know, America-centric, I guess is the word. Yeah. Um, you know, with Harley, I mean, Harley and Indian, right, started out in 1903. But uh, actually, I... Uh, I kind of like some of the old Brit bikes. I mean, like the Vincent Shadow, some say is probably one of the best, you know, fastest and best made motorcycles for his time. Well, yeah, the Vincent Black Shadow was fucking, what was it? Uh, Lord, uh, what the fuck's that guy's name? Lord of Arabia, whatever. Yeah. 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 Back when men were men and the women were too. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like, well, let's be quite honest. I mean, the, the, the Triumph Bonneville 750 was just as iconic as any fucking Harley of the time back in, you know, the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you think of rip bikes, you think of like, uh, you think of Norton, you think of Triumph, 
Yep. Um, you think it's of BSA, nice. you know, you think of uh, Bro. Um, what always amazed and amazes me too about the, the British biker culture was that the companies uh, were always so diversified. Um, I mean, uh, you know, in BSA, right? A lot of people probably don't even know that it stands for Birmingham Short Arms. You know, they were an arms manufacturer making motorcycles. Yeah, that's true. And probably, uh, I, I, inarguably, um, BSA is probably one of the really helped sort of shape the chopper culture, I think, in America when you think about it. Yeah. It was Harley Davidson. There were Norton's uh, Triumphs, but in BSA, I mean, I would love to get an old BSA basket case, and, you know, well, bring, I mean, it, bring it back around again. Yeah. It, well, and then you can might as well throw in the, uh, the Honda CB750. Oh, well, how can you, you can't leave the CB750 out. There was a shit ton of choppers built, but I mean, like, as far as like, I see a lot of like other channels, other podcasts or whatever. And they say, California was the birthplace of the chopper. You know, I don't know if that's exactly true. Like, all right. So the guy that built the iconic Captain America bike, Ben Hardy, was black. <laughs> was black. He was. Yep. yep. And based in California. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Tom uh, Fugel, 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 mm-hmm. I, I can't say it's hardly, you know, rest in peace, by the way. But I mean, that dude, legendary motorcycle club member, legendary bike builder, mm-hmm. was based out of Iowa. Yeah. Uh, a guy like, uh, you know, David Mann also okay. built choppers and most notably known for his art. Right, right. You know, he was in Missouri or Kansas, one of the two. I forget which. But Midwest, essentially. Wouldn't you say that California then wasn't the birth of the chopper, but so much the birth of the chopper culture? That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, a lot of people are like, why is this motorcycle club more well-known than, say, another motorcycle club? Well, they're based in California. California has Hollywood. So if you're a movie producer, if you're going to make something that's going to go out to the masses and make everybody look at it, you're going to pick something close to home. You're going to pick a motorcycle club that's in your area. Not necessarily the first motorcycle club, but yet the one that's more easily accessible. Right. Well, I mean, you, definitely. You're done with your thought, or you, you're going. You're going a little further. Well, then I would say the same with bike builders. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying Ben Hardy couldn't build a motorcycle. I'm just saying that if you're making a movie about choppers, you're not going to take, you know, your money and go out to the Midwest to have a motorcycle commission to be built. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to a local guy. You know, oh, definitely. I mean, and, and when you think about choppers themselves, too, I mean, when you start talking about the origin of choppers and motorcycle clubs and bike builders, I mean, you can't leave out El Forestero Motorcycle Club. No, you cannot. I mean, they are they are ingrained. I mean, they, they were trendsetters yeah. with, with a lot of the styling and, and a lot of the, the one off fabrication and the motorcycles that they made, the choppers they built. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like, you know, all your, all your counterculture back in the day looks like it all came out of California and then went across the country. Mm -hmm. But if you spend five fucking seconds, I mean, fucking Jesse James of West Coast Choppers fucking had a whole thing of, you know, the history of the chopper and they, those dudes are in it, you know, Yep. I'm is in it, you know, and they talk about it yet. It just, here it is 2021 and we're seeing these hipster dudes and i got no beef with the hipster dudes or the chopper guys or whatever you want to call it these you know 20 something 30 something year old dudes that are you know resurrecting the fucking culture if you try to keep it alive it's cool i I respect that i dig it it's like yeah it's hipster like you know they're out there making their videos that are super arty you know and you know Mm -hmm. you know a lot of you know you know, bluesy type music when they're panning over the mountains. I mean, no, dude, it's cool. I watch it. I like it. But you start talking, you know, and they start saying, well, you know, the custom motorcycle culture came out of Southern California and this and that. I'm like, mm, but did it? But did it? Are we fucking forgetting a whole fucking, you know, and I know Born Free, that big chopper show down there in California, mm-hmm. like they 
honored Tom and they fucking, you know, you know, pretty much paid respects and homage when he was still alive. They took him to Japan to the Moon Eyes show and all this other jazz, you know, I mean, so obviously they know the man, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, everybody's so focused on not forgetting history, but are we remembering it wrong? You know, that's my question. I don't know. I'm not an expert in the matter. You know, Good truth. question. You start talking about the hipsters and stuff and, you know, a lot of the hipsters, they like to build a cafe racer, right? Cafe yep. races are huge, but that didn't start in America. No, no, cafe racers from, England. from old England, right? They called them cafe racers because they were trying to make these uh, little maneuverable, you know, uh, light and they raced them from cafe to cafe. And that was basically the gist of it, a cafe racer. Yep. And they would do the ton. Yeah, basically. I mean, it was yeah. just, and I mean, it was a hundred miles an hour. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's so, right. And the reason why they, what they would do is they would play a song on a jukebox and they had to go a certain route and be back before the song was over. And they always hung out at cafes and a cafe in other words, is just a bar mm-hmm. over in England because yep. they're fucking weird over there. Yeah, Not out all our fucking fans in England, but, uh, no, you know, they're fucking weird. They got pubs and bars and taverns and they all have different meanings here. It's just, you serve alcohol or you don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't, who cares? I don't care either. But my point is, it's like, you know, if these guys are, are, are trying to teach history, because history will change, right? If we don't keep an eye on it, mm-hmm. whether it's motorcycle club culture. And what's nice about like the motorcycle scene, if you will, is that guys that were maybe not in the beginning, but knew the guys that started it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the, a lot of dudes are starting to die off, you know? I mean, it's just time fucking catches up to everybody. Time fucking makes everybody, you know, go away. But at the end of the day, we, we can still trace that culture back. You know what I mean? Like we can still turn to somebody and be like, hey, what was it like in the early fifties when it comes to, you know, the motorcycle scene or the motorcycle club scene or what were guys building and this and that, because either they were there or they knew the guys that were there right. and they remember the stories, you know, because all this shit is, it's just stories, you know? Yeah. And I, when I heard this, this other YouTube channel, which is very popular, talk about how that the chopper scene was born in California in Southern California, I was kind of like, but was it? Yeah, the culture was. I, but was it? And, well, I mean, the culture as we know it today. I, you know, I don't know, man. I never really trace it back. I'm, I'm more of the, uh, you know, the old non-Harley historical motorcycle buff. Um, right. You know, and that's like I've, you know, led into the conversation. Uh, sort of as a side note is, I mean, how you know, Great Britain, you know, British bikes are so intertwined with, with you know, culture, the chopper culture. As we know it, I mean, uh, there's a, a motorcycle called Matchless that was made out there. You probably heard of a Matchless. Not yep. a lot of people have though. But Jay Matchless, oh, I'm sure he does. They're very expensive to own. Yeah. And they're also pretty bulletproof. Um, yeah. I mean, they they made a bike called the Silver Hawk, uh, which only 500 were made, and 60 are still on the road and rideable at this point mm-hmm. in time. You know, Matchless started out in like 18. I wrote it down here. 1899. Wow. So 1899, it started production in 1901. So two, two years before. And a matchless motorcycle actually won the first time trials with the Isle of Man um, with a Jap V-twin. <laughs> it, and, and that's not sure for Japanese. That's, it's, it's not, not derogatory. The YouTube algorithms are going to be mad at it. Oh, of course. It's actually, if it was Jap engineering, and it was a guy's name was uh, John Alfred Prestwich. And uh, like I said before, you know, the, the, great, the Brits were very diversified, their companies. And yeah. Pres- Prestwich also made pencils. So, uh, yeah, right. So, you know, JAP Engineering was a matchless motorcycle. Um, and they also had one of the earliest uh, rear swing arm suspensions. Nice. And so the swing arm suspension started over there in Great Britain, one of the very earliest that they had. Uh, in 1930, I, had, I thought this was weird, and you being a, a motor guy, you think this is pretty cool. Uh, in 1930, they launched a side valve V-twin, uh, which was like 394 cc's, 
and both cylinders were set at 18 degrees. And so, I mean, it was really, really skinny. Yes. It was a single casting for for the uh, the <clears throat> for the cylinders with a single head, and so it was really, really long. It must have been bizarre looking, like really, really long with yeah. the side valves on it. Um, and uh, you know, this led to the to, like I said, what was called the, the uh, overhead cam V four, the Silver Hawk. Um, yeah. Like I said, which six years still on the road now. Matchless went on to buy Sunbeam which made cars and also made motorcycles. Um, Sunbeam was then sold to BSA later on in, uh, in 1943. So Matchless, then they bought AJS, which was AJ Stevens company. And AJ Stevens made motors. And once right. Matchless uh, teamed up with AJ Stevens, they, uh, they had four models that they made. And the four models are considered to be some of the, the best quality motorcycles that were made um, at that point in time. Now, weird, here's another little factoid from that. Um, they started making motors for the Morgan Car Corporation. And mm -hmm. so Morgan was in, in, it's in Great Britain and Australia. Yep. And they had uh, the final, the last 12 unused um, matchless slash AJS motor, uh, motors were sold and manufactured into motorcycle tri, uh, tricycles in Australia. And they're all still on the road today. Probably some of the most rarest motorcycles that you could find. Of course, sure. the, the rarest motorcycle you could find was actually uh, it's in Chicago, Illinois. And it was a one-off motorcycle that a kid built himself uh, before he went off to World War One. Yeah. And uh, he like <laughs> saved it for his dad. And then somehow it ended up like boarded up into a wall in a garage or a barn or something. And when they did this reconstruction, they like exposed the walls and they found this motorcycle inside there. Look it up. It's pretty, wow. pretty, pretty wild. So, uh, like, was, did Geraldo find it? Like, <laughs> in Al Capone's vault? Oh man, there's some fucking time in my life I can never get back watching that stupid show. I remember, I remember like how everybody was amped up about it too. Like, oh, what are they gonna oh, yeah. find? It was like a big special. You know what they found? Jack and shit. Nothing. Not a oh, fucking thing. A whole lot of it. But, uh, you know, it you was got you got us, Geraldo. You got but, it. But it was real nice. Geraldo did his Geraldo show. And he had to be in Janesville, Wisconsin, talking to professional wrestlers. Do you remember this? Yeah. And he caught a – he said that they were fake. And the professional wrestler, if I remember right, didn't he pick up a chair and break it off the back of his back or something, hit him on the back with it and say, was that fake? <laughs> I, I don't know if that was Geraldo. I know Geraldo. I'm pretty sure it was Geraldo in Janesville. Well, Geraldo in Janesville wasn't fighting with professional wrestlers. Oh, okay. Which one was that then? I don't know. But I know Geraldo was in Janesville fighting with the Ku Klux Klan and uh, he got like his ass and stuff. Yeah, well, it turned into a thing. You know, it was a big thing. This is before I moved up here. You know what I mean? I'm still living in Chicago. I'm still, you know, a fucking teenager when this is going down. And it was kind of like, oh, that's where I'm living. That's cool. Or that's where I'm moving to. That's cool. Wonderful. Nazi-hating Araldo people. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, or the other way around, no. yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever, man. I mean, oh, man. it is what it is, you know. But yeah, no, it's interesting because we there's all this fucking history that can still be traced to the point where you can find out where everything went yet. We're still confused on it. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you know, when you're talking about matchless and you're talking about rare motorcycles, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but how many people actually know that? I mean, how many people think the fucking knucklehead was the first Harley? <laughs> you know? I mean, oh my God. You know, yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, you know. God, I remember back in the day, I saw in the catalog, you could buy an EL45 for like $95 in the catalog. <laughs> Harley surplus motor. Well, that's just it. You know, everybody's like, well, it, it, it isn't like it used to be because people just aren't into it as much. No, dude, times have changed, you know. Harley's now a boutique motorcycle. Yeah. You know. Harley, a lot of their technology for a lot of this time was stuck in car technology from the 1930s. All right, Harley motorcycles. 
they were forced to change because they lost their market share. They became, yeah. they be, in America, they were, you know, for the longest time, they enjoyed um, their, their, uh, their sole status as American main, motorcycle manufacturer. Well, yes and no. Yes was, and no. There was a handful of motorcycle of course manufacturers there were. pre the Depression. Oh, oh, oh God. Hundreds. America. Hundreds. Yeah, and then after the Depression, after World War II, it was pretty much Indian and Harley. Mm -hmm. If you want an American-made motorcycle. Yeah, and then I think Indian closed in 53 or 55. Right, and I don't believe Indian ever got away from flatheads. And it's, uh, you know, it was, the, it was the, the, the upsurge of the Jap bikes that came into the market in the 60s and 70s. Um, yeah, the Japanese changed the fucking game in the 70s. They did. They did so much that Harley actually went and got legislation passed um, where you had to pay a tariff. If well, the that bike, was in the 80s. It was in the 80s. That's right. If it was yeah, had, Ronnie Reagan did that one. That's right. If a bike displaced more than 750 cc's, uh, the tariffs are outrageous. And so a lot of the Jap yeah. bikes didn't even... Wouldn't even manufacture a bike that was that was more than that. And so Harley had this niche share market. And I mean, hell, I remember when people, you know, even if you didn't need a motorcycle, there were guys who were getting on lists to buy a Harley because they they knew that they could get the new Harley and then sell it for double what it was worth. Well, well, now you're into the 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in the 90s, that's when, you know, when the Evo was becoming more and more popular, they were trying to change their brand where it wasn't. You know, the Harley Davidson wasn't for the black leather wearing scary dude. It was for the, you know, rich urban biker that wore black leather and tried to pretend to be the scary. Yeah, the accountant, the accountant rider, yeah. the dentist, the weekend the, warriors, the weekend warriors, weekend warriors. But yeah, I mean, you know, and AMF actually gave us the Evo motor. Um, really? It was it was they were I was reading that just today. AMF was the ones who developed it because the, the uh, Evo is very similar to the shovel head. Um, they both displaced 1,340 cc's. Yeah. Um, Evo's being uh, being a top breather after I think uh, 1990 or 1989, I think is when they went from to a top breather from a bottom breather. But uh, yeah, AMF, that was one of the contingencies with, uh, with the, 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 the buyout on the other side um, that they were able to develop the evolution motor, so. Which kind of saved them. Yeah. All right, well, you know, the Evo is still considered one of the best uh, motors ever produced by Harley Davidson. You know, you'd, you'd be hard place. You'd be team. hard placed to, to find somebody uh, to have an argument against that. Yeah, that's and, for sure. Yeah, you know, they didn't come out with a whole lot of power out of the box, but you could build them up, you can make them faster, and they seem to be super reliable. You know? And they just go and go and go. And they have a very distinctive sound to them. Yeah. The Evos do. I've noticed that. Well, all Harleys do. I mean, twin cams yeah. sound different than an M8. Well, true. Know. And a Sportster sounds like a Sportster. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. And shovelheads sound like shovelheads. Panheads and, sound like panheads. You know, I mean. An M8 sounds like a hyped up sewing machine meets a snowblower. <laughs> everybody likes Honda Shadows. But, I mean, you know. I rode one. That's a nice bike. No, they're not a bad bike. I mean, how, you know, there's not a whole lot of bad motorcycles out there. Even the even the AMF fucking you know shovelheads. Mm -hmm. If you know a guy that knows how to work on them, he can make it to the point where it's reliable and it's not a bad motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like Triumphs back in the day. You know, when Triumphs were imported to America, there wasn't like Triumph dealers so much as there was just people who sold motorcycles and they would get Triumphs and. They were foreign, so they came in a box or a crate. They weren't assembled. Mm -hmm. Some dude who knew how to work on bikes or said he knew how he worked on bikes put the thing together for you so your quality control is out the fucking window. It all depends on whether or not that dude knew how to put a fucking motorcycle together or not. And that's how trans were introduced to America. Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, the, the soldiers that came back from World War II that fucking either brought one back or knew about them or this, that, and the other thing. You know, because Triumph's Triumph is just as iconic as Harley when it comes to like the world. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because uh, motorcycles just aren't here in the states; they're everywhere. Oh you know, yeah. Triumph definitely got a name. You know, or for that matter, Kawasaki. You know, Kawasaki's are considered one of the best motorcycles ever fucking made, 
if you live fucking, you know, east of the Atlantic or west of the Pacific. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You talk to a guy who's into the old standard style motorcycles from the 70s, and yeah. uh, he'll bring up a cow Z, uh, you know, the 1100, the KZ 1100. You know, the KZ 1000. I mean, those are highly sought after bikes. and Or the know, old school fucking H2 fucking uh, two cell, or uh, two strokes. Yeah, the two strokes. Oh, God. Those things yeah. are still considered fast by today's standards. Yeah, definitely. You know? Well, most two-stroke motors, you know, you can make a lot of horsepower with a lot less weight. A shit ton of RPMs. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So, you know, there's a lot more to, I mean, a lot of these people that are out there and, then, you know, I'm into my, you know, single-centric motorcycle uh, operating uh, production, you know, uh, bike you know i'm into harleys or i'm into bmws there's so many more there have literally been thousands of motorcycle manufacturers that have put their thumbprint on uh, on the culture when you yeah. think about it they really have but we still read our harley davidson's i love the sound of my evo brother <laughs> you know the thing of it is it's like it's americana yeah you know let's be honest i mean oh. i get it I, you know, every so often you get into a fucking these internet fights or these fucking bar fights or whatever, where there's some fucking asshole that's on a fucking whatever other motorcycle, you know, just, just pick one. I don't fucking care. Honda, Suzuki, Cowie, whatever. Mm -hmm. Triumph, Goldwing, piece of shit, you know, whatever. Right. They're, they're quick to tell you how crappy your motorcycle is. And how they would never own it because it's so unreliable, it leaks oil, it's a pile of shit, and blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. But what they don't understand is that Harley-Davidson, when it comes to the company, when it comes to their motorcycles, is what everybody thinks of when they think about riding motorcycles in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's iconic. It's where we where we come from. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, Indians were, yeah, Indians died out in the fucking 50s. They briefly came back in the late 90s, and now they're back again, made by another manufacturer that's trying to resurrect them. Yeah. Yeah. Great motorcycles. I got nothing bad to say about an Indian. I have nothing but respect for the motorcycles, and I think if somebody wants one, then that's not a bad decision. Yeah, but but I'm not a Harley. Yeah, but you know, when you think of, rich tradition in motorcycle manufacturers you don't think of polaris you know <laughs> right yeah and you know i mean i you know everybody you know i hate god damn it i hate i hate sounding like a fucking like a weirdo you know like i don't <laughs> want to talk about the soul of a motorcycle but there is a thing about harleys where they kind of there's something about them i can't explain it no you know they but but they're just they're just shitty enough to make you love them you know nobody nobody loves supermodels right you know what i mean like 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 these smoking hot chicks that you see like in your you know facebook fucking pages or whatever that are perfect bodied and yada 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 nobody nobody loves them they're in lust with them they're like oh man I, i would do the things i would do you know all these fucking guys and they're fucking 50s and 60s you know they say the most nastiest shit about these chicks you know there was some guy the other day that looked like a fat sammy hagar that was giving me a hard time and calling me bro and all this other jazz you know what i mean and it's like it's only on that page just to fucking look at you know naked girl pictures and it's like dude you're so out of fucking touch of who you are as a human being that one you would never get a chick like that because you're old and fat two uh even if you could get a chick like that, all she would do is treat you like shit because her whole fucking philosophy in life is to get hers, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you see a chick like, uh, say, Megan, right? From the motorcycle journey. Oh, yeah. Or Missy Megan. or whatever. And these are real chicks, and they're really riding motorcycles, and they're doing yeah. the fucking thing. And it's like, those those chicks are Harleys to me, right? Are they, are they perfect fucking supermodels? No. no. They're not perfect. Megan's pretty fucking close to perfect, but, but the, you know, the other ones that are on yeah, no argument, <laughs> girl can wear a pair of pants, but I'm just saying like, yeah. you know, these chicks are normal chicks because they have flaws. There's something that, that makes them not quote unquote perfect. Right. That's what Harleys are to me. They're not perfect, but they're so fucking good. I love them. You know, it's, and it's kind of weird too. I've owned a lot of motorcycles and so have you, but yeah. I, I am like, 
the one I love starting the most is, is my soft tail because there's just something about the way it sounds, you know, that it, it has to do with that 305 degrees of travel on the, you know, that the, that it makes on the crank, you know, and to get that potato sound, you know, that patented potato sound. And it just sounds tough, you know, yeah. when it's started up, you know, I don't get it with the victory. It sounds like a sewing machine, you know, but I mean, you know, the victory starter also doesn't use a Bendix, you know, Harley has a standard car starter, which has a Bendix on it. So, yeah, a little different. People don't realize that. I fuck with people before with the victory. I'll hit the starter motor when the motor joint. You can't do that. I'm like, sure it can. Spins with it. Doesn't matter. Right. But it's like, you know, I love my Harley. I started it up today to come here. It was in the garage. And I could feel it in my chest thumping and idling. And that's mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, dude, here we go. It's, mm -hmm. it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. We're fucking doing it up real big. I'm going to fucking ride to the clubhouse and do this podcast like a fucking man, right? I dig it. However, I do miss having a bike that spins 12,000 fucking RPMs plus and nimble as hell. A gajillion miles an hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can fling around anything I want and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, still, that's cool too. Still wish you had that old Suzuki you restored? Uh... Kind of. Just for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, kind of. I don't miss riding it as much as I miss the feeling of riding it. Right. If that makes any sense. That makes you know what complete I mean? sense to me. Like cruising down the fucking road, that thing was uncomfortable as fuck. Like, you know, because you're all, you know. Yeah. Whoop. You're all jammed up. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're sucking your knees the same on those time, old I mean, standard bikes. When that some bitch would get up a fucking. Yeah. You know, when the fucker buzzed up in the fucking over 10,000 RPM range, I mean, that was. Oh, yeah. That was a whole new thing. You know, I, I mean? hear you, man. I hear you. I had that uh, 1981 Yamaha XS 850 special, mm -hmm. um, which was aptly named. It was special. That thing was a screamer, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for its time, 1981, it was 79, uh, 79 horsepower, you know, out of the box. Yeah. And uh, it went like a bat out of hell. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish I still had that bike. I miss that bike. And again, it wasn't overly comfortable um, right. to, to ride. I had the old king and queen seats. I mean, the pegs directly below my knees. I felt like I was squished up against the, the old uh, ram horn style, you know, uh, handlebars that I had on it. But uh, you know who we should have had talking about uh, all these motorcycles who so has a love for motorcycles and his famous, his favorite motorcycle is a Vincent Black Shadow. And that's Tiller from Tiller's Toppers. Tiller's Toppers. Tiller's said. Toppers. Tiller's Toppers. Hats made with style that you wear with distinction. Handcrafted from quality hides. Tiller's Toppers. It's not just a choice. It's an attitude. For quality leather goods. Is he selling them holsters yet? Yes, he is, actually. He's been selling right. them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. he's, I've been seeing he's had a few, few out the door. Nice. So, uh, yeah, Tiller's Toppers, I'll insert the commercial there, you know, for him. But but he's got a, you know, great passion. Well, actually, most of the guys that we run around with um, have great passion for motorcycles and, uh, and they're yeah. very knowledgeable. It's almost um, like we live in that culture. Almost, you know, gee, I wonder why. That's but, weird. Uh, yeah. Hell, I mean, you, we could talk motorcycles all, all day and all night. We have been for years. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's like you were my talking favorite about, subject. You know, do I miss my old uh, GS750? Now, I, I don't, I, I miss it, but not to the point where, like, if I saw it for sale, like, I probably wouldn't buy it back. I, I miss my old fucking Superhawk, mm. my fucking 2000 Honda Superhawk. That was a twin cam, you know, sport bike that fucking got up there in rpms i forget where red line i want to say 13 but i could be wrong yeah it was a it was like a crossover it was like a cross between a standard and a sport bike well it was it was referred as a sport touring because it didn't have traditional clip-ons it had that weird fairing on it yeah it was a little it was a little weird 
uh, I missed my old F- uh, FCR, my old Yamaha FCR. Mm. That was a straight up fucking sport bike, four cylinder fucking that thing buzzed up to fucking what, 14, 15 grand, whatever the fuck it was. I mean, it, it was it fast, not by today's standards of crotch rocket, but I mean, you know, back in the fucking late 90s, it was pretty fucking quick. Or early 2000s, I guess, 2000 or so. Yeah. But, I, mean, uh, I, I, think I, I was riding around on that motherfucker, but I mean, yeah, I, I, do I miss it? Yeah, because it was fucking cool as shit. You know, you fucking, you're putzing around town, you fucking twist back on the wick, that motherfucker front end comes up, fucking, yeah, you know, that's fun. It's fun as fuck. Yeah. You know, but I would never wax nostalgic about sitting on, on one of those type of bikes in a group of a bunch of guys on those bikes as we all start it and we're rumbling and warming up, get ready to take off because uh-huh. it doesn't resonate the same in, in here. Like it does when we're getting ready to go somewhere as a club and we all start our bikes up, we're sitting there ready to go in a pack. And I mean, and that's something just, that's something surreal, man. No, I, I can't describe it. I couldn't describe it to anybody uh, unless they did it themselves. They wouldn't know what we're talking about. We're jamming down the highway. Oh yeah. You know, when you're, when you're going down the fucking highway and you're in a pack, Oh man. Especially if you're like in the middle or whatever, or even in the back, and everybody's exhaust seems to be humming in the exact same, you know, harmonic. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's nothing like it. I can't explain it. I, I I can't even explain it to people how you feel. You feel like you're all by yourself in somebody else's body. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like I, do. I, am, I am all alone in this group. I mean, yeah. it's so weird. You know, it's so fucking, and it, and it's the best feeling. It's the, just like you're solo, but you feel like unity. It's you know. Yeah, it's like here we are all alone together. Yeah. You know, nobody else is on the bike with me. Even if the old lady's on the back, you don't. You, everything just fades away, except for your surrounding. As far as the bikes with you, and the road, that's it. Everything else in the world is gone. You know. Yeah. And, whatever problems you're facing, whatever temperature you're feeling. I mean, you're a little bit warmer when you're in the pack. You're a little less wet in the rain when you're in the pack because it's just somehow or another, your senses focus on the pack. It turns into its own identity. Its own being is the pack. You're no longer the lone wolf out there riding around all alone. Did you, uh, did you do the frost? Did Did you do the frosty balls run with me? I did. Yeah, I remember that that year, that first year going with the, with the, the DC Eagles, man. Whoops, whoops. Yeah, whoops. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I mean, there was like 95 miles an hour in fucking 40 degree weather. I mean, it, what a feeling yeah. that was, man. Uh, to, to go to a strip club, loved it. I tell you yeah. what, I think I, I, the greatest trips I ever took. <laughs> My lips were blue, but they were smiling at the same time. Yeah, they were the only thing that was blue, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, but here we are. We're coming into the season. We're going to be uh, one week here getting back together again. And it's uh, it's bizarre for me, man. It's really weird. It's like I, I, I get up north and then I think about getting down to Florida because I really enjoy it here. It's nice and peaceful. You know, it's uh, the weather's good, you know, and I got a couple shots. Yeah. I can do my own thing. Uh, but then, I you know, I get down here and all I can think about is getting up there because I miss my club brothers. I miss the club life. I agree. Um, so, so what you're saying is we all need to move down there. Yes, yes. <laughs> God, That's not gonna happen. Was that, that so uh, hard? <laughs> yeah, everybody else is doing it. A lot of people from up there are moving down here, man. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. Yes, but uh, either way, I mean, I can handle the best of both worlds because that's what I get. I get the best of the both worlds. So, you know, I get. I don't have to stop riding, which is a nice thing, you know, for me. There you. You know, and I get to, you know, keep my tan, you know. Although I tell you what, I found in some of the hot days, I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt around here, brother. Does that skin will that sun will strip the skin off your bones? I hear you, man. Well, I mean, it sucks that it's so warm that you have to wear a long sleeve shirt. So <laughs> well, it's because we're closer to the equator here, but uh Yeah, that's science. Oh, is that uh, science? I don't know. Science is all fucked up these days, but we're not gonna talk about that. No, we don't. Nah, nah. We were talking motorcycles, man. It got me thinking. It was just, it was, 
It's nice to have the old conversations again, you know. Yeah, hold on, let me put on my leather coat here in fucking April. It has a liner in it because it's so warm out. Oh man. You know, I'll be bringing my leathers up. I'm sure it'll be a cold journey. It's supposed to and rain wet. and wet. Yeah, it looks like we're gonna have some rain. Yeah. Um, but uh, we get to talk about how fucking hardcore we are that we did it. Yeah, well, I'm, like I said, I'm doing half half the journey myself. It's just yeah. me solo tank you know it should be interesting well how hard can it be everybody else does it ah, that's the whole thing not a lot of people do well i mean according to the internet these guys are out there putting thousands thousand miles on a year and they're unimpressed by how many miles you put on so, oh oh is that what it is i didn't realize everybody that. everybody's a fucking iron butt rider on the on the facebook did you ever notice like the the amount of people that suddenly give you their writing resume every time on social media yeah you know <laughs> They but, have to uh, do that because they're gonna fucking shit all over whatever you're into or whatever you did. Did I did I ever tell you about uh, my friend Pete Huck and Willie? No. Willie Sellers. He uh, was one of the pilots of the Alvin that uh, that went down, which is that deep water submersible that went down with Woods Hole Oceanographic and found the Titanic. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, that motherfucker took a, like a Kawasaki 440 Limited LTD, an LTD from. From see, I think it was Portland, Oregon. I believe it was Portland, Oregon, over the Grand Tetons, all the way out to to Massachusetts on Cape Cod. Esther wow. rode that little up over the Grand Tetons. He said it was one of the worst experiences of his life. Didn't like it, huh? Nah, he said he's never been been more uncomfortable. He was sleeping in fucking drainage ditches and stuff because he was, you know, he was just coming out of the military. He couldn't afford anything. But uh, you know, imagine that. You know, at that time, you know, this was in the mid seventies. Uh, you know, four, well, four hundred fifty cc's, five hundred fifty cc's. That was a big bike, man. Yep, that was a big bike. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, it I, like I, I say all the time, how did people tour without touring bikes back in the day? Mm, they just did it anyway. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, you imagine, you imagine some of those people who went cross country with those old uh, Harley with with the leather with leather belts. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> the only suspension they have is a spring underneath the seat. Yeah, and you had a little oil can up on top. You had to squirt down over the top of your motor every couple of minutes to keep it lubricated. Yep, you had you to know? carry multiple spark plugs with you because they'd foul the fuck out because you know those engines were about as efficient as you know a drunk prostitute. You know what I mean? It's just I just, you know, I remember a lady I, I, I'm in Abate with, her dad was a, a motorcycle club member of, it was a Ma and Pa motorcycle club um, in Beloit, Wisconsin, the Beloit Motorcycle Club. Oh. And uh, I mean, they had the old duster style jackets and the goggles and all that. But uh, he was a daily rider, you know, rode that thing back and forth to work. But uh, he was also a hill climber. And so she she said early memories of him, uh you know, changing out his tires for the hill climb, you know, to do hill climbing on the weekend and then getting home and, you know, dragging the bike in the garage on Sunday night and then putting tires back on again for going on road riding and, you know, dragging his ass, you know, get back and forth to work each day. You know, I mean, you know, there's, there's the blood and guts of motorcycle history, motorcycling history in this country. Yeah. Well, it's not that motherfucker sitting there with, you know, 2,000 miles on his bike he's owned for four years and he starts up in his garage and keeps yeah. wax to amuse his neighbors, you know? Well, you know, not everybody can put fucking 4,000 miles on a $50,000 motorcycle in five fucking years. <laughs> it takes a real man to do that. Yeah, whatever. Okay. I, stopped, I stopped counting my miles. <laughs> it holds resale value. <laughs> what do they say? Like, a, not riding your, your motorcycle to hold the resale value is like, not sleeping with your your girlfriend so you can save him for the next guy you know yep <laughs> makes no sense to me man brother i mean motorcycles are made to be ridden never i never told myself my bike is an investment no i don't like to sell them i just like to buy them yeah i don't like selling anything yeah you know but i'm poor so if i want new shit sometimes i gotta sell old shit yeah that's what it is it is what it is, brother. Well, it looks like you're getting ready to head on home here, huh? Yeah, this is cutting into riding time. Cut so. well, and get out there, man. Get out there and do it. And uh, 
It's been fun. It's been fun talking about this shit. Right? Once we talk about politics, except to mention that we didn't talk about it. I don't know. Our, our last video got kicked off of a few things because it was too political. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, really? Are we were talking about is like freedom, but you know, whatever. Okay, yeah, it's too political for for your uh, group or page or whatever the fuck it was on. Well, the YouTube video I did kind of put a sit in howitzer there on the front, and then it said "free dumb D U M B," which I thought was a brilliant title, by the way. It was good time, but it, uh, oh, well. the boomers <laughs> got mad. Hey, uh, I'm a, what what is it against the boomers, man? I'm I'm a late. You guys fuck up every goddamn thing. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> They do, not me. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it depends. You know, it's there's a bad asshole in every generation. There's you know? monkey wrenches are everywhere, brother. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What you're gonna do is we're gonna call this podcast a, a, an episode. That's what I think we're gonna do. Yep, in the bank. Next so, one. Yeah, next one will be two weeks, and we'll be together in that very clubhouse. Or yep. if not there, we'll, maybe we'll be on the road because I know some people want to talk to us, and so we're gonna. Once again, because we always dare to be different, because frankly, we don't care. Um, <laughs> we're going to try some new shit and bring the show on the road here pretty soon. So next week, folks, um, maybe look for some shit that comes out on the Facebook machine for some live stuff. And we might post some hijinks from uh, from our night in Tennessee or the journey home. You never know. But either way, we'll see you in two weeks. And uh, remember the most dangerous part in your motorcycle is the nut that connects the fucking seat to your handlebars. Peace.